Hello, everyone, and welcome back to PB in Style. If you remember, this is the number one podcast for think ups, startups, and scale ups who want to use authentic marketing to attract, engage, and convert the right audience. So, I don't know about you, but I have had a ton of clients lately needing to get on digital, the digital platform. Coronavirus has turned everybody topsy-turvy. Those who used to do networking in person and they used to rely heavily on word of mouth and handshakes are now having to reposition themselves and pivot over to digital marketing. And that causes a lot of anxiety and stress because now content has to be created. If you have found yourself in that predicament, this is the podcast to listen to because my guest today, Miss Irene Krasnoff, is a local Dallasite, but she is a business and marketing strategist. She works with small businesses all the time on developing great strategies for their marketing and a ton more. So if content creation, content distribution, Content, content, content. If that is a stressor for you, this is definitely the podcast to listen to. And before we get into everything, I just wanted to share with you that this week, if you remember and you've been listening this month, we are in the middle of Women's Small Business Month. That's October. So we're in the middle of Women's Small Business Month. And inside the BTB Boss Talk, I am doing a huge month-long women entrepreneur extravaganza, if you want to say, and I've got four phenomenal women who have been inside the group or will be inside the group to talk about their expertise. The first week we have business development with Miss um, Charlotte Howard. Last week we had Ms. Z Scott in the group and she was talking about SEO guys. And then this week we have Miss Irene Krasnoff who is going to talk all things content creation. Guys, content is king. So if you are moving your business to the digital realm, this is definitely the podcast to listen to. And this week on Thursday, the 22nd, Miss Irene is going to be inside the BTB Boss Talk, my Facebook group, and she's going to be filtering those questions that you might have about content marketing. So if you do not get it all here today on the podcast, definitely go ahead right now over to Facebook and click in that search box and type in BTB Boss Talk and find my group and request um, to join because tomorrow night, the 22nd of October, Miss Irene and I are going to be in there talking it up about content marketing. So make sure you join. Now, I want to go ahead and get on to the podcast, but before we do, I want to tell you a little bit about Irene because she's phenomenal and I know you're going to love her on the podcast. And so I kind of want to prepare you a little bit. Now, Irene is here from Dallas, like I said, um, but she is world traveled. She was the daughter of a man who loved to travel and was looking for a better life. So that means he had them moving around quite a bit. And she has lived in five countries across four continents. If that does not speak to the ability to engage and, and relate to a ton of people, I don't know what is. She is a wife and mother of an eight-year-old and she has to juggle that life just like the rest of us. And so she can now not only tell us how to grow our business, but she can relate to the fact that we are all trying to do it 
you know, with our hands up in the air like octopus. So she is definitely someone you want to hear from because she knows exactly how to create that content. Now, Irene is the founder of Sapir Management Group, LLC, and it's a digital marketing consulting agency. She works with coaches, consultants, and small business owners to grow their online presence through fun, educational, and high engagement content that leads to sales. Who does not want that, right? So listen, guys, if growing your business is what you're looking to do, and if you're trying to do that using content that resonates with your audience, again, this is the podcast to listen to. Not only is Irene going to share that with you, but if you're in the area, she is also a SCORE mentor. So she's helping entrepreneurs develop social media and other digital marketing strategies that result in high engagement and relationship-based sales. Now, all of her information is going to be in the show notes below, so you can check that out and be sure to leave a comment or a review of this podcast interview because it, I just want to hear from you. I want to know your thoughts. And if you haven't already, be sure to follow me over on Instagram. That's where I was asking people questions like, what do they want to know about content marketing? So if you're not following me, then you didn't get that. So make sure that you are following me at AF Patrick on Instagram. Now let's head on over to this podcast interview guys, because I am so excited for her to give you guys the tea on content marketing. Welcome to PB and Style, the perfect podcast sandwich where host Andrea Patrick empowers, educates, and encourages you to find your inner influencer and personify their brand. She'll have you tapping into your authentic authority and engaging in a real way. Remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination. Enjoy today's dish. Okay, I am so excited now. You guys heard all the wonderfulness about Miss Irene, so we're very happy again to have her here on the show, but I like to task my guests sometimes with a little surprise question, so I wanted to ask you, Irene, tell us a little bit something that is not in your bio that might surprise us. Ooh, I would be happy to. Thank you so much for having me on this show. I am so excited to be a part of your podcast. Something that I didn't share about myself is the journey that led to my entrepreneurship. And right now, a lot of individuals due to COVID are transitioning to starting their business. I've been working from home since 2012 for a very good reason. My baby was born in 2012 and going back to a corporate career was not optional. So I figured out everything about how an online business works. I didn't know anything about social media, selling through social media, promoting your brand through social media and all that stuff. So I learned while I was nursing my baby. And that's something I didn't talk about in my bio. Uh, you know, and it's perfect for the podcast because um, I, 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 I find that we, uh, my business has grown. I know your business has grown during mm -hmm. COVID because people are starting to realize the value and importance of being in the digital space. Mm -hmm. And so the challenge, however, is a lot of people who started off in the professional realm, or maybe they were old school entrepreneurs. They started a business a long time ago are mm -hmm. still thinking that, you know, mailers and, and um, 
knocking on doors and going to networking events and all those things is the only way to drum up business. And so they're having to learn an entirely new way of doing things. And so, um, yeah, I think there are a lot of people who are in that same boat you were in. I know I didn't have a COVID situation, but like mm -hmm. you, my children um, sort of were the reason that I had to leave corporate and start at staying at home and I don't think mm -hmm. like you I think we're just not stay at home exactly nothing type of people so not that stay at home moms do nothing that's not what I meant but I mean like we want to like have our hands in like something that we can grow and fertilize and see and stuff exactly it isn't like we wanted to give up our career because right. being a mom is a full-time job in of itself for just, sure we just wanted another job, a job that was just us yes. and stuff that we enjoyed in our professional career, or maybe something we enjoyed, but never got a chance to do it at a job because we were on someone else's terms. And right. now we are our own boss. We have our own schedules and too many moms are giving up careers because of wanting to stay at home and thinking that that's all there was that they're all that that's all there was that you had to sing to somebody else's tune mm -hmm. but this freedom including financial freedom time freedom i think most important of all and most valuable has been the time freedom absolutely and also the transformative aspect of a business because it really gets you acquainted with yourself in ways that you would not have been at a traditional job for sure, for sure. Yeah. I think that brings us to the reason that I have you on the show and that mm -hmm. the whole idea of content creation mm -hmm. and using that to fuel your business and drive traffic to your business is mm -hmm. something that um, we need to have in, in, in this process that we've got going on. So I want to start with just diving right into these questions sure. because it can be a daunting task if you don't know, number one, what type of content you need and then number two how to have a constant stream of information and content that you can share so mm -hmm. just question number one is what do we mean by creating content that is a really good question because i think like you hit you hit right on this is to creating that steady stream of content and what to produce it's very important to know exactly what content creation is as it relates to business. Because when we're talking about social media, and I'm gonna focus on social media because there's also email content as well as blog content and your website content. And all of those things play a big role together with social media. So content creation to me relate, means creating, whether it's written or video, um, it content or messages that your ideal clients can relate to and it has to be personable and social because if you're not personable and social especially in social media you are not going to capture the attention of your ideal clients now I there's like literally I think 30 billion pieces of content globally on social media in any given day, billions wow. of pieces of content, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. And it just in Facebook alone, 
or in Instagram or any social media content, there's an oversaturation. So creating content means to post or video post, designing a message, designing something specific that's targeted toward a specific set of audience. Because you cannot speak to everyone. That's impossible. You're not going to get their attention. It basically means targeted content. So yeah. your ideal, yeah, your ideal market might be fairly broad. For example, your ideal client base might be mom business owners. Now, when it comes to content creation, you got to be more specific than mom business owners. It might be content related to mom, time management and being a mom business owner, or it might be um, mom business owners who wanna be present in Facebook. So when you're that specific with your content, then you can capture someone's attention, the right people's attention. So from a marketing perspective, creating content means basically understanding who you wanna to speak to and then designing your content around that, whether that's video, or written content. And within video and written content, there are different types of content that you can produce. That was my next question, is how yes. do you determine what type of content? But go ahead, yes. tell us the types and then we'll talk yeah. about my next question. So the whole thing of content creation, especially when you know so much about your business, it's very overwhelming. And I get overwhelmed too. So I'll be real honest. When I think about creating content for my business, okay, what am I going to talk about this week? What am I going to talk about this month? Three months from now, six months from now, it's pretty scary. So what I've done is I design my content around specifically what I, what I aim to do in that week. Am I developing brand awareness or am I selling something or am I doing both? So my content is split between brand awareness type of content and then content related to something that I'm selling. So I put my content into those two buckets and then I work from that. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. I, I too, when I'm working with, um, with people, I also talk to them about uh, having buckets. I, mm -hmm. I approach it a little bit differently, but I give them, we, we determine what three buckets Mm -hmm. um, like you, you broke yours up into two, whether you're doing brand awareness or you're selling something. I, mm -hmm. um, I helped to define it a little bit more, I need you down just a tiny bit more based on what their, what their, um, what their services are, what they're trying to mm -hmm. do, what their true why is, but mm -hmm. same like you, it's a matter of filling those buckets with what can I say about mm -hmm. these things mm -hmm. so that it creates sort of breadcrumbs that takes mm -hmm. people to the desired result that I want these things mm -hmm. in this bucket to manifest. And mm -hmm. I think that's important for people to recognize is that, and what Irene is saying is so true, we have to have a, a designated end game for the content. Mm -hmm. It's not just, oh, I think I wanna write about flowers today and nothing exactly. you do has to do with flowers. So um, yeah, so when you're talking about the different um like the different ways to create content how mm -hmm. do we then determine what mm -hmm. type of content we need to create because you've mentioned several you mentioned blog you mentioned video mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. we're on a podcast so we're talking about audio as well mm -hmm. how do you determine which of those to mm -hmm. create now if you're a brand new business it 
begins with testing out the different types to see what resonates with your ideal clients. Mm. And what I would say is think about based on what you're reading, based on what you're hearing from clients, what are their biggest pain points and pick one to focus on. Once you zeroed in on that one pain point, let's say for example, it's organic reach because it's COVID, our budget and monies are limited. So we can't afford to spend a fortune on Facebook ads. So it makes sense to develop, you know, awareness of your business organically. So that's going to be the pain point that you, I'm using that as an example, mm -hmm, but let's mm -hmm. say you address that as an example. Okay. Organic. Then you go, okay, if you're a brand new business owner and you're focusing on teaching Facebook organic reach, then you're going to see, okay, I'm going to try out live streaming in my group, live streaming in my business page. I'm going to try out written posts on my personal Facebook page to a specific list, or I'm going to try Instagram. And I'm going to see where am I getting the most engagement. And where I get the most engagement is where I'm going to focus. Um, so that's what I would say is focus on. So what gets you more engagement? Test with video, test with written. If video gets the most engagement, which I suspect it will, relative to written, then you're going to focus on video. Now, if you're not comfortable with- I was about to say, what do you do when you're not comfortable on video? But go ahead. Yeah. You're reading my mind today. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can totally rely on written content until you get to the point where you're comfortable with video. Now, with written, then you there's two forms, long form, short form. Storytelling works the best. So the more stories you tell about what you learned in your business or, or, or about your clients or even interjecting something humorous, all of that will go a long way toward building engagement. The bottom line is you got to test different content, written or video, and you got to see what gets engagement and you got to be consistent. That is the key. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, sure. And it's not enough just to post once. You may have to post as many as six times. If you cannot manage six, three would be my recommendation. But check to see what times get the most engagement, and that's where you're going to focus your energy on. Yeah, I would agree. And I would even push even harder on that and say, when it comes to the type of content, once you, when you're doing your testing to determine mm -hmm. uh, which one your audience works best, likes the most, mm -hmm. then I would also drill down and determine what you're the most comfortable with. And if like, if, if, if you're finding your audience is more geared toward video, you can do slide decks that are just turned mm -hmm. into MP4s and you don't have to be on there. You can just do voiceovers if that's what makes you more comfortable, but you still have a video. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, I think I don't want to scare people away with, oh, what if my audience only wants to see video and they see all those beautiful, beautifully done videos on YouTube and they're afraid to get started. Well, you don't have to have yourself on camera. You can create a slide deck with the information you want on it and do a nice voiceover. And then you can take that same slide deck I mean, talking about content and repurposing, which we haven't even gotten to yet, but you could take that same, same slide deck and do a carousel on Instagram, you know, and just talk about it. So it's, it's, yes. um, it's, um, it's important, you know, that you don't get afraid of whatever mm -hmm. type of content you find your audience mm 
enjoys the most. It's just a matter of how do you incorporate that into what you're most comfortable with? Because even with audio, if you're not comfortable mm-hmm. on the mic, then you could always write the content and have someone else read it. It's still your content. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's an excellent point. And slide, recorded slides, definitely that's a great way to start. Another thing that I would recommend, we have Zoom. Now you could pre-record a video with your face because people love to see faces and you are the face of your business. So what you can do, you have the option to edit it, whether that's through your specific computer software or through something like Camtasia and take off the parts which seem awkward. And then, then what you can do is upload those MP4s into a post. You can certainly do that. And that gives you total control and it gives you an opportunity to practice until you get comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the key is practice because eventually you want to work toward going live and speaking spontaneously. Now, I found that Instagram stories works the best because it's there for 24 hours and then it's gone. So if you're not quite happy with what you did, it's gone. Exactly. Exactly. I would highly encourage if you're not comfortable with video is practice until you get comfortable because I was lousy at video back in 2016. When I look back at my videos, I literally cringe, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm glad I did it because it got me to this point. And you know what is, I think, um, yeah. Some research that I've been doing lately over the past year, one of the things yeah. that I've really started to do is just incorporate this whole CEO mindset where mm-hmm. done is better than perfect. It's better for you perfect. to just get it done and stop like trying to make it look like someone who's been doing it for 10 years, trying to make your videos look like that. They're not. I bet you if you look in their feed 10 years prior to when they became this famous person that you're looking at right now, their videos probably suck too. Or their mm-hmm. podcast didn't make sense either, you know, but we all have just yes. like on a job. If you go get a job, you the very first mm-hmm. day, you're awkward. You're flailing exactly. around and you're not quite mm-hmm. sure. It takes you being in that company for years, knowing mm-hmm. who all the right people are to go to, to get the thing mm-hmm. done you want done in order for you to feel like you really have it together. The same mm-hmm. is true for creating content. Like your social media mm-hmm. posts, your captions may not be that great when you first get started, exactly. but as you continue to grow and, and learn and watch mm-hmm. and observe, it will grow. Mm-hmm. It'll get better. Exactly. It gets better over time. And the one thing about video is if you keep it three to five minutes, and that's just perfect. And to focus on three things only and be gone, be done and be gone. Out and, of there. Yeah, out of there. And with that approach, you are going to be fantastic. I agree. It's, yeah, because when I first started out, I rambled because I didn't have three key points I was talking about. But over time, I got better. And by observing what other people do, I think that also is a great way to take some valuable tips. But, you know, in social, I think we are much more forgiving and understanding Mm. and we value authenticity. Like, for instance, I did a live stream where I literally had to go to the kitchen to get a snack for my then two-year-old. And my kitchen was a mess. There were pots and pans in in the sink and my audience saw it. And there were like five people on there and one person bought something from me. 
Because everybody's kitchen probably looked like they had the same time as yours did. Exactly, exactly. And that <laughs> if person- you're living in your house, it's not yes. going to be pristine. I would question mm-hmm. the person who didn't have dishes in their sink. You know, one of the things that you said mm-hmm. too that um, is important about um, you know, having the mistakes and things, you know, not, not being concerned about it or as concerned because it doesn't have to be perfect or whatever. Um, I was wondering, what are some of the top mistakes that people are making besides not just getting started? I think that's the number one mistake is that you're mm-hmm. sitting on the sidelines and you just haven't gotten started yet. But aside from that, what would you say? Um, you referred to this earlier. So one of the top mistakes that people make, including myself, I've done this in the beginning, is to post whatever comes to mind. And when you do that, there isn't a specific structure and your audience doesn't know what to expect from you. So you got to create a content plan, a plan for what you're going to talk about. So keep it to, let's say, five to 10 points that you're going to cover. And that's what you're going to focus your content around. Then once you decide that, you got to figure out, okay, what part of my content is going to be free advice and tips and brand awareness, and what part is going to be promotional? 80% of your content should be stuff that has your audience feel good, they want more, you're giving them something that's valuable, and that creates short wins and transformation. And then 20% sales. We mm-hmm. are in business to, to make, make money. money. Yes. So if you don't sell and you're only talking about giving, 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 and you're talking about your kids, and but you're not asking for the sale, your business cannot grow. That's so and, true. And, and that is so true. One of the things that I learned from a Facebook group that I ran was that I had, and also my email marketing, I wasn't selling as much. And so my audience wasn't used to me selling. But now, as I brought a new audience, I do the 80%, you know, valuable content, 20% sales. They know that I'm giving them value and I'm also asking for the sale. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's the, I think that other mistake that folks make is not asking for the sale frequently. Um, and, or they do go the opposite extreme and they're constantly asking for the sale and not providing value. So then you get become perceived as somebody who's desperate. Mm-hmm. And so just remember the 80-20 rule and I think you'll be on the right path. That's the number two. The third mistake that folks make is when they don't see engagement on their content and that's going to happen more often than not. They give up mm-hmm. and they don't post consistently that was what I was thinking too consistency was definitely one of the mistakes yeah consistency and I think that's a huge mistake Mm -hmm. because if you're consistent every single day for 30 days you're going to see major shifts in your business I promise you I can guarantee you this everything else I cannot guarantee you because (laughs) you know I can't guarantee that you're going to make ten thousand dollars next month but right right guarantee that you will see a shift in your business the needle will move if you Mm -hmm. are consistent that is so true and Mm -hmm. I think Another mistake, which we may, you, you may allude to later, but just, just off the top of my head is the um, not managing the expectations. And that's kind of what you just said came in because mm-hmm. they, you see that people aren't consistently um, sharing their content. And then there is this expectation that, well, I posted once this month or, or, or the expectation that when I post, I'm supposed to immediately make a sale 
or I'm supposed to immediately um, yeah. gain a new client. And the, the, the thing is that I've always told my clients is a conversion is not always about money. It mm -hmm. depends on what it is you're doing and the purpose of mm -hmm. that action. So mm -hmm. if I am, like you said, if you're, if you're promoting your content for um, brand mm -hmm. awareness, then it may be to get someone just, you know, hey, learn about me, join my Facebook group because we've got tons of fun stuff going on. Well, if that, mm -hmm. if that week's promotion was about growing your Facebook group and you got 10 to 15 new people inside your Facebook group, it mm -hmm. converted. That was a conversion. And exactly. we have to celebrate those wins and stop thinking that the efforts we put into our business, the only way we can count it as a conversion is if there was money in our pocket because there's mm -hmm. a funnel, like there's a, mm -hmm. a definite sales funnel that has to happen. And people exactly. have to, they have to jump every single hurdle to get to the point where they will actually give you money for something. So exactly. you have to have those hurdles in place and, and manage your expectations mm -hmm. um, and manage your, your um, the goals yep. So mm -hmm. that you know when an actual conversion has happened and you mm -hmm. can celebrate that. And, and I'm going to tell you something else, Irene, where that comes wow. in and it's so important. Right. And that's when you do have a sales funnel and you are looking to do, say, mm -hmm. a course mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. sell, a, uh, sell a, mm -hmm. a book or anything like that where you have sales. Mm -hmm. The thing that I recognized this year because I launched a course Mm -hmm. um, and I actually had one course in mind to launch, but because I didn't get to do my due diligence about what I'm talking about mm -hmm. right now, I actually launched another course that's mm -hmm. a little less, um, it, mm -hmm. a little less than, but it's still a good course. Um, mm -hmm. It's not as robust as the one that I was planning on launching. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was when you get ready to do something like that, you have to really, really, really yeah. know your conversion rate. It's not mm -hmm. just about knowing your numbers, like how many people are on your, your platforms or how many people are right. listening to your podcast. It's how, what is the conversion rate of people mm -hmm. on your email list that actually make a purchase from you? What does that look like? Because mm -hmm. that conversion rate is what you would then use to mm -hmm. determine how many people you need on your on your webinar to sell the exactly. amount of books or the number of programs that you want to sell. Exactly. Um, and I'm glad you said that, especially it's important to recognize that conversions doesn't have to be related to the sale. It could be as simple as registering for a webinar or joining your group. Now that average rate, because if you're just brand new starting out, you may not have a sense of what your conversion rate is. Right. So the industry average is typically between two to 5%. Mm -hmm. So it's very safe. What I typically do is I go with the 2% when I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Based on the 2% conversion, then you work backward until you figure out, okay, how many people do I need to actually register for that webinar? Right. And then from there, you got to go, okay, how do I get people to the link to the register? That's another percentage you got to figure out because there's like a three-stage process. See, I start the other way around. I start, uh, with, how much, I start with how much money do I want to make? Mm -hmm. And then how many people do I need to, uh -huh. to actually pay to make that amount? And then mm -hmm. I go, how many people do I need total in order to get that 2%? Mm -hmm. you know, or that number. And then that tells me how many people I need in the webinar. And then I'll yeah. say, well, if I need that many people to actually be in the webinar, how many people do I need on my email list? You know, mm -hmm. because that's, it's still a conversion. You're still talking 2%, 2%, 2%, 2%. So you, you have, so I always start with how much do I want to make? And I work back. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I do the same thing too. 
But then I go from backwards from, okay, when I got the sales back to the webinar registration, then I go backward to the landing page. That's what I do. <laughs> and it's kind of a similar sort of process with my email. I pretty much have an idea now with emails. Once you start sending emails within the first week or so, you'll get an idea of what your open rates are and your click-through rates. And so you can leverage that to figure out, okay, if you have the right audience, because sometimes it might be an issue of not having the right audience. So, That's so true. I've been in that boat yeah. before. Yeah. So if you have the right audience, you would know what that conversion rate is. And based on that, you know how much, in order to get sales through email, you got to know how much, how large your list has got to be. Because if you want a $10,000 um, a month sale, and you can still do that with a list size of 200 but to increase the odds, you know, you want to double or triple and consistently mm -hmm. grow your email. So that's the other thing that I would say related to content creation. The other mistake that folks make is not nurturing, not growing their email list. Mm -hmm. That's something you have to do because you don't have control over social media, what Facebook would do to your account. But one thing you do control is your email list because you can always download that list. And that's part of content creation, creating that email, th mm -hmm. that email is content. And yes. um, that takes me to um, back to what I was saying earlier about that whole repurposing of content, because mm -hmm. you may have written a blog or you may have done a video and it might be mm -hmm. on YouTube and it may be on your website, mm -hmm. but the actual distribution Mm -hmm. of that content becomes somewhat of content creation as well because the distribution of is mm -hmm. the social media it is exactly. the email marketing mm -hmm. yeah it's the youtube videos the social media mm -hmm. the email marketing your website that's part of a distribution challenge mm -hmm. your blog post your linkedin your linkedin article mm -hmm. uh, anything <laughs> you also do in facebook groups or linkedin groups that's a distribution challenge too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you ask your business colleagues who are well as you have well established relationships with to share your content that's another distribution too. partnerships partnerships like yes. this conversation yes. that you and i are having it's yes. my podcast but you'll get the link to share and i'll have the link to share you'll you'll hear my listeners will hear will hear you and your listeners mm -hmm will hear me. And then um, okay. that's all part of content creation. What we're exactly. doing on this podcast is creating content and we are repurposing it as well because it's going to be heard by my Facebook group because you'll be inside exactly. my Facebook group next week. Mm -hmm. And th so that, so that is, um, I, I love that we're having this conversation because I think so many people get stuck on the idea that content is a blog post. It is mm -hmm. a video, it is a podcast, mm -hmm. but it is all encompassing of the exactly. creation the, the, no, the planning, the creation mm -hmm. and the distribution, and then finally mm -hmm. repurposing of exactly. that created content that then pushes your mm -hmm. business to where you want it to be. Exactly. And partnerships like what we have is very powerful. Very, very powerful. It's a win-win. It's not about competition. It's no. a win-win. Right. And the more our audience sees our things, the greater the impact. And what right. you have to offer, what I have to offer are two different things yes, yes, and with entirely different audience. And so that is a great thing. Yeah. And I love what you said about content not being static, that you could take this podcast, for example, or a YouTube video, and then you can segment it into two minute pieces, five minute pieces, and then repurpose that as a Facebook post, a Facebook group post, a LinkedIn post, a blog article, a vlog article. I mean, there's so many things. So many things. So, so many things. So, which, 
Yeah, which essentially goes back to you don't have to create a huge volume of content. You can work with what you already have. Absolutely. You and I know Miss Stephanie. Um, and Stephanie has always said that I, she said, Andre, you do not need to create any more content for the rest of your life. You've got more content than anybody I know. And, you know, it took me a while to realize that you could just take what you have and repurpose it. And now okay. the funny thing is, is the more you do it, uh -huh. like I have a, a presentation that I have to do the week of that we're doing this podcast and I actually did not have to do much research with regard to the pro to the to the presentation mm -hmm. because the content is something that I talk about all the time so it took me no time to just like whip it into that slide deck okay. and say what I want to say so it's that's another way that we are re that I repurpose content that I share on a regular basis so yeah. So I want to know how do how do you know if people are actually liking all of the stuff that we're creating? We've just told them what content yeah. is. We've told them that it needs to be distributed. Now, how will we know if it's being liked? That is a really good question, especially when you have low engagement. Now, obviously, when you have a lot of comments and hearts and thumbs up, you know your content's love. But the way that you're going to know that your content is liked or appreciated is going to be based on people may not necessarily react, but from video content, for example, you can tell how many people have viewed your video and how long they've been on that video. So that's one way of knowing indirectly how well liked your content was. The other way is going to be through word of mouth, believe it or not, when you keep going consistently and you make the sales, someone will, who reaches out to purchase from you will tell you, hey, I saw your content from two months ago and it really made a difference. And this is something that has happened to me. Like somebody said, I love your content and they bought a one hour session from me. So then you get some feedback and that's how you know. But the key is to keep producing and, and disperse it in different ways people are going to react. And that's how I think essentially you can tell. And if they don't, if you don't see any sort of traction, know that will come back and you'll hear about it one way or another when you that make is, That is so true. Cause I've had that too. Like, oh my God, I love your podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love your content. Oh, you're always, girl, you are always on, mm -hmm. you know, da, da, da. and I'm like, well, can you, can you say hello? Can you just type a great thing? You know, can you just put a smiley face? So oh. I know you're out there watching, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. that's what you want to say. And that yeah. goes back to managing those expectations because we think yeah. that no one's looking or no one's watching just because they didn't put anything in the right. in the comment section and that's not true people are paying attention and yes. they just may not want to comment but best believe if you see them you know at church on sunday or you see them at the grocery store or mm -hmm. at another networking event they'll say oh my gosh i love your show i can't i remember when i first started podcasting mm -hmm. and um I was at an event for a girlfriend of mine, you know, she had a business, so it was for her business and her mother mm -hmm. um, came up to me and I didn't, had never met her, but her mom was like, oh my gosh, I love your podcast. And I was like, wow. how do you know my podcast? You know, it's like, I mean, yeah, you just yeah. don't think that people, like I was putting it out there and I was being consistent, just like you said. And, you know, again, you just don't know who's listening. You don't know. Exactly. And, you know, cause not exactly. everyone's leaving comments, but I mean, I look at my podcast, um, 
the downloads in my analytics and it's like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that many people. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I, for a long time, I couldn't find it. And then I finally found where it was. And I was like, that's a lot of people listening. So, um, exactly. Oh yeah. You can't give up. You got to keep going. You have to be consistent. Um, Exactly. You got to, like you said, with your podcast, the downloads told you how many people resonated with your content, the comments that you got from folks, then you're like, hey, why didn't you say something? And I have had those conversations too. Now, another thing that I sometimes do is I'll often ask, hey, can you do me a favor and read and just share your thoughts? And you can do that too. Right. And, um, and there's- That's a good thing to do on Instagram, yeah. I've found yeah. too, is, uh, and, and inside those Facebook groups. I'll say this too, if you're trying to run a Facebook group and you find mm-hmm. that you're not getting the, 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 uh, yep. the uh, comments or the, the engagement mm-hmm. that you want, it finally dawned on me to start tagging people. Yeah. Um, when I wrote a con, when I wrote a comment mm-hmm. or I did a post mm-hmm. and I would just tag certain people that I thought might be interested in the post or they might, you know, find it valuable to whatever it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly enough when I did that people started talking and sharing and mm-hmm. you know and I was like well if I'd have known all I had to do was tag y'all a while ago I would have done that but yeah. sometimes it just takes a little bit of a nudge because people don't really know right exactly there's that and the other thing too is a lot of reciprocity mm-hmm. so take an effort and do this from a place of genuineness not out right. of contriveness Go and engage with your ideal client's content. Go to their personal Facebook post. Go to their Instagram post and take the time to leave a thoughtful comment and Mm -hmm. react. Now, what that will do is not only will that bring you to their attention, whenever you post the next time, they're going to see it on their newsfeed. And they will remember those times you've made an effort to comment, to share. And then then they will return that and it's done in a way that's genuine. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's two-way street. You know, when it happens, you just know it. But it can't be from a place of, gosh, I'm desperate for engagement or I'm desperate for the sale. It just has to come naturally. That is so true. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. We talked about, my last question was, what are some of the most popular content distribution hacks? But we've talked about all the different Yes distribution hacks throughout the course of the podcast interview. But I want to say to your point that you just made, um, going into the groups and that law of reciprocity Mm -hmm. is um, Mm -hmm. a lot of times, especially with your content, if you run out of things to say, or you Mm -hmm. run out of, uh, you feel like you've run out of things or people to interview, those Mm -hmm. groups are fantastic for if you've been in there engaging and talking with people all along, Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it's wonderful to just post and say, hey, I'm doing this podcast on such and such. Does anybody in the group have anything they want to say about this, this subject matter? Mm-hmm. And, and you will get a ton of people. I do that every, I mean, I do that probably oh. once a quarter in some of my groups. And I just say, hey, I'm doing a series on such and such. Is anybody interested in, you know, putting their two cents in? And then I'll get people, I'll get people to interview. And then there you go. I've got a whole like wow. six months worth of, you know, interviews that come out because people are saying, yeah, I'll do it. I'd love to talk about that. And of mm-hmm. course I vet them. I don't take, you know, you don't take everyone if it's not exactly. really going to benefit you, but 
but still just having been engaged in the groups, like you said, in a very just serving way, just engaging way, very authentic way, not trying to be salesy or like just, you know, push your stuff, but people see that genuineness. And then when you need something or if you have, you know, if you're looking for something, they're very, very willing to mm -hmm. participate. Definitely. I love what you said about Facebook groups, you know, extending that invitation. Hey, I have this podcast coming up and I'm, go I'm thinking of talking about this topic. What do you think? What else would you love to talk about? That's really powerful. That's what I did with you, Irene. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like, Irene, I'm doing this great Women's Small Business Month event and yeah. I need you to write, talk about content writing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that that just goes a long way and it's not promotional and you're not taken away from that Facebook group. Right. Yeah. And it's adding value and it's also market research at the same time. You're yes. What people are thinking about or what are they struggling with? And that is so powerful. Even to go in and say, well, how's it going with, are you homeschooling your children? Asking questions like that, right. not necessarily business related, but right. from knowing what challenges we have with COVID and going from that perspective that, well, how's it going? How are you feeling? Are you feeling stressed? Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel overwhelmed. Um, just being authentic mm -hmm. and personal I think that goes away that was my other thing that I was going to say another big that's part of a hack and also as a way of resonating with your ideal clients is to uh, talk about some things personal maybe you can even say you know what today I just had a hard day juggling homeschooling with this and here's what I learned those things can be just as powerful too as draw, to draw a connection. As well as like you just said, be an excellent way to conduct market research because yeah. depending on what your business is, you and I are in business to help small businesses with their marketing and you know, try to help them get out there and get exposure for their businesses. And so when we're talking to moms or you know, female entrepreneurs yes. is primarily my market mm -hmm. and we're learning about what are their obstacles. And yeah. then, and especially once you've done your research for your business and you know who your ideal customer is, it's mm -hmm. easy for you to start to really um, drive yeah. the conversation towards the type of information you want to pull out of the people, but it can still be a very organic conversation. So yeah, it's important for us to um, like, just if it's, it's all about the authenticity and that's what yes. personal branding and personal style is all about. And um, to just yeah. give you a little tidbit, little news that you don't know yet, but I am in the process of renaming my podcast because what I've learned throughout mm -hmm. COVID is that my idea, first of all, let me start, let me start over. Cause I want to say something that you said something at the very, very beginning when we were talking about, I don't remember which question it was. Um, but we, we, I was asking you, let's see, which question was it? It was, I think, how do you determine what type of content to create? Mm -hmm. You said something in there when you were talking about like your audience and all that. And I was listening to a podcast a while ago. I was on a walk and I was mm -hmm. listening to a podcast and the lady said that when you niche your market, when you just, when you mm -hmm. determine your niche, you need to create that customer avatar and you need to go an inch wide, but a mile deep. Mm -hmm. And that resonated so with me because even as a marketer, 
when I say, oh yeah, my audience is, you know, female entrepreneurs, you know, X age to Y age, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, and they are typically, you know, doing this, that, or the other, yeah. that may just be the inch wide. And right. now I need to dig really deep and exactly. really determine. And, and, and what that does is it creates, um, an actual personality and Mm -hmm. now and now what you're doing is you are talking to one person I think we get so bogged up with the content creation because we feel like we're talking to these this huge group of people Mm -hmm. but if we really niche down our audience and define Mm -hmm. them as this one person like okay my my customer avatar her name is Vanessa and Vanessa Vanessa does not like X. She was not, she will not tolerate with Y. She loves A and B and she wants to do one, two, and three. That's who Vanessa is. So yeah, that's not going to work with Vanessa. When you get it down to that level, and this is something that I think as beginners, people really need to know get yes. it down to that level content becomes easier because now you're talking to one person it's like me saying yes. oh 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 Irene is going to love this oh my gosh it's like talking about your best friend she's gonna love this yes. she's it's going to love it. exactly what I'm saying today and she's mm-hmm. gonna take it the way I'm giving it mm-hmm. that is when you know you have really nailed it with how to provide your customer base with your content would you agree I 100% agree and when you do that it brings out that passionate passion because when you think about that specific name Irene Andrea Stephanie mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh I can't wait to share this yes yes it is going to transform their lives and I'm just so excited about it it's going to come through in your content whether exactly. that's exactly or in video. And I think the reason why a lot of people, not I shouldn't say a lot of people, the reason why some people might stumble with their videos or in the written content is because they're worried about what are they gonna say that's gonna compel that person to mm-hmm. buy. Mm-hmm. And when you take that energy out, exactly. then everything flows naturally. And I love it. The other thing that I also do to that whole inch wide and then going deeper, is the island A and the island B analogy. So it's like the imagery of the boat. Your, your island A is the excruciating challenge. And your client, um, let's say it, Andrea, uh, is on island A struggling with X, Y, Z. And they really want to get to A, B, C, and they're at a loss as to how to do it. Your business, your solution, your product is that boat that's going to take them from island A to island B. And in your content, you want to be speaking to both the island A and have island A types of content, and then also talk about the potential for island B. And if you can connect it to where it's possible for you to get from A to B, just like I did or my client did, that's going to be powerful when you make it relatable. And and that for me has always been the most powerful analogy that I got from a mentor of mine with the Island A, Island B. I love that. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. I have so enjoyed you on the podcast today, Miss Irene. I really appreciate you for being here and I cannot wait for you to get inside the BCB boss talk guys. That's the be the brand boss talk. And we -hmm. talk about being the brand because of what we just said. Like, Mm -hmm. I really feel it's important for us to know 
who we yeah. are in our business and how we're going to operate in our business because we're the one person or our business yes. is one person that is befriending or attracting that avatar we just got finished talking about. So for me, it's yeah. Vanessa. So my business, Andrea, Be The Brand, is yeah. trying to attract and be friends with Vanessa. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I have to get Andrea down. I've got to make sure Andrea knows what she needs and what she's exactly. trying to do. And she needs to identify where, mm -hmm. she needs to determine where she and Vanessa mm -hmm can relate so like Irene said I can get I, I can get Vanessa from from island a I want to get her over to island b so um that's why personal branding and using who you are in your business yes. creating that culture for your business and those systems for your business is so important and so that's why I say be the brand because you are the brand whether you have exactly. a one person business or you mm -hmm. have a 10 million employee yes. business there is a centralized thought yes. culture focus that needs to be flushed out in order for it to relate to yes. your, your audience. So. Exactly. I love it. Yes. We are the be the brand. Yes. And there's another um, entrepreneur who had be true brand you. Yeah. I like I that. That was so powerful. I, wish I like that. That, yeah. that is trademark. Yeah. But yeah. So, so true. But it's so true. No matter how you say it, we are the, yeah. we are the ones who are the foundation for our business, regardless of how big it grows. Exactly. Um, and so we have to like really identify that piece. And that's why I'm so excited to have have you on because this conversation really yeah. did lend itself to that that idea the, you know um, the authenticity piece is so mm -hmm. important so I really 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 appreciate you being on the podcast today oh. guys listen if you want to hear more from Irene and you are listening to this podcast on this Wednesday that it is launching and you will know what it is because it's launching on the day Irene will be inside my BTV Boss Talk Facebook group. And she and I are going to be talking about this very subject matter, content writing, content distribution, and all things content. Mm -hmm. And um, as you know, she is a score coach. So she is full of a ton of information that you can use to grow your business and create the right content for the right audience. And mm -hmm. she's going to be spilling some serious beans over in the group. So if you're not a member of our group, go ahead over to Facebook, type in the search BTB Boss Talk and go ahead and request to become a member, request to join and be in the numbers tonight or whatever, it's the Wednesday. So if you're listening to it the day of publication, it's tonight um, inside the Facebook group at seven o'clock Central Standard Time. Um, and if you miss it, which I hope you don't, there will be a replay and I am going to be encapsulating, encapsulating all of our Women's Small Business Month videos and sharing those inside our membership on my uh, website. So you can look for that um, probably at the first of the year. That'll be something that I'll be able to get out for everybody. So just in case you miss it within the actual like real time, it's okay. You will have access to it again. Um, but until then, thank you again, Miss Irene, for being on the show. Guys, if you have not subscribed to PB and Style, remember it is the number one podcast for think ups, startups, and scale-ups who want to use authentic marketing to attract, engage, and convert the right audience. So until next time, 
stay on the lookout for all new content. Uh, Instagram is AF Patrick and everything we talked about today, including all things social from Miss Irene will be in the show notes. So you will not miss a beat because even if you're not able to see it live or hear it in real time, her information is definitely going to be in our show notes. So make sure you check that out and go visit her and get all of her goodness. All right, guys, thanks again. Have a great one. Don't forget to join Andrea over on our website where all the deliciousness really happens at andreapatrick.com. You can also find her on Facebook at AF Patrick Consult, Twitter at Andrea F. Patrick, LinkedIn at AF Patrick, and Instagram at AF Patrick. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.